is he actually saying I was literally crucified with Christ through the Holy Spirit, or is it the matter of the life I live is dead? Is the death more important than being crucified with Christ? Right. Do you right. know what I'm saying? Right. Hello, welcome to the Pondercast, where it's okay to think differently about the Bible and theology. Let's get pondering. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Pondercast, one of your favorite podcasts that is out there. Ooh. <laughs> I'm Drew Petker. Once again, join with me is Perry Siddons. Hello, Drew. Hello, it's good to be back recording here. Yes, it is. It's been too long. Yeah, it has been quite a while. We want to thank our our listeners for their patience and us just kind of getting our lives together, getting ready to do some more <laughs> podcasting. I think we're ready for a couple episodes here. And yes. We're looking forward to uh, coming out with a whole bunch of new content for y'all mm-hmm. listeners. But first, so, we gotta uh, talk. We gotta talk about what's going on outside. Just <laughs> right. It's kind of wild. It's, yes. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know when this episode is going to be coming out, but right now I can hardly see across the street. There's so much smoke in our. Well, I mean that's a bit of exaggeration. <laughs> but can't go outside. It's so smoky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of smoky here too. Is it? Yeah. Probably not as smoky as there, but. Well, it's just, you go outside and you just think something's on fire. I mean, something is on fire, but it sounds like it's, it smells <laughs> yeah. like it's closer than it actually is. It's pretty right. crazy. Yeah. You can't been... turn the AC on or anything either. It's hot. <laughs> it's been quite a wildfire season. That's uh, not our topic for today, but that's just, no. these are just uh, current events, I guess. Right. Yeah. It's been, uh... oh, when was the last episode we released? It was with Jeremy Lawsett. So, um, Stuff has happened. I, oh, here's yeah. a here's a uh, a teaser. Uh, our listeners may already know based on my Facebook post. Recorded a very special episode with uh, uh, Dr. Scott Hahn from Steubenville, uh, Ohio, talking about his conversion from Protestantism to Catholicism. We had a really good conversation, and my goodness, he is a really nice person. Uh, he said to me that he thought he was. He was more blessed by the conversation than me or the audience would ever be. Uh, so he's very kind, uh, really interesting to listen to. I really was probably, I was probably a little bit of a fangirl and uh, was trying not to be because I was like, man, I was like, I really love your listening to your stuff. I want to sit in your Bible. Class. And I thought, oh my goodness. I, <laughs> Jeez. I was nervous. I was <laughs> Uh, but I, I think it'll be a good conversation. And I, I said, uh, I asked if he would be, if he'd want to come back on again, he said, absolutely. So, uh, I would really love to talk to him about revelation or Romans or something like that, because I've listened to some of his stuff on revelation. It was really interesting. And we, he, he kind of touches on that a little bit in this conversation, uh, that we have. So we talk about that and then we have some questions on, uh, on Catholic theology. So, uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, might be coming out in the fall um and uh, it's kind of fun being able to promote an episode that uh, yeah. that has been recorded already <laughs> well and it's a really interesting episode i mean yeah. i didn't i unfortunately had to work when you're when yeah. he was available because he had pretty set schedule when he was available and well not we're on there and he's like how how long do we have and i said well how long do you have and he said well whatever oh, oh really <laughs> yeah. so initially it sounded like he had a half hour on this day 
that was it but that yeah an hour but we talked for an hour and a half oh wow (laughs) and then then more after we were done recording (laughs) awesome well that's good no that's good Maybe next time I'll I'll have to get on there. Take some time off work. Mm-hmm. I got my priorities straight. Podcast <laughs> and work, right? <laughs> Foolish. Oh yeah, but uh, here we are now. We're mm-hmm. beginning a you know we're back from hiatus. We're starting a new series. Mm-hmm. As uh, you've been aware, we've been we've kind of starting up different series here and there throughout the year, trying a new approach to the Pondercast. So once again, we're back with the series. You want to introduce this one for us? Oh, absolutely, I do so good to be back drew and uh talking this is good i've missed it and actually there's been many times where i think oh this would be an interesting topic to talk just in general this would be an interesting topic to talk about but anyways so that means I'm, i've been missing this but uh we're talking about what did the cross accomplish um it's uh you know the cross is the central element of christianity uh, you know, Good Friday is kind of like the climax of uh, the Christian faith. We have a, we have a service for it, uh, and uh, it's the primary symbol. And, you know, as I was thinking about this, I thought, have, have you ever seen secular folk, non-Christian people, wearing crosses as, uh, as a decoration? Like, I, I remember years ago seeing people wearing, uh, like, earrings that were a cross. And, uh, and then some people have like shirts with, and I'm thinking, well, even, even in, uh, like, uh, heavy metal, like they, they kind of use a, a kind of a cross, like kind of thing, I think. And I always wonder why, <laughs> like, have you ever seen, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, I think I know a little bit what you're talking about. I, I don't know if I put as much thought into it as, mm-hmm. as you have. I've definitely thought a lot of it more on the Catholic side than mm-hmm. just like the secular, um, no religious folk kind of thing about the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the cross can become just a symbol of, well, I mean, really, it is a symbol of torture. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Like the bare bones of it, that's what it is. So, I mean, some people might think of it and utilize it as just that with no religious sentiment at all. Um. But then you get this Catholic sense of it as well, where especially Roman Catholic, for sure, where it's it's a very, it's um, something you have that is just significant of your upbringing, but you don't really follow Catholic tradition at all. You don't really follow the mass. You don't really read anything. It's just, I have the cross that's with me. It becomes, no, it becomes a superstition. No, yeah, yeah, like, that, yeah, exactly. Yes. And so you see, I've seen that a lot, uh, just being in workplaces and co-workers and mm. stuff like that I kind of have like a guy i remember this one guy i worked with he had a cross tattoo on his forearm but it wasn't like he never went to church so he told me he didn't go mm. to church or he didn't go to mass or anything and then it was just kind of like it was there but it wasn't it didn't really mean much at least it was kind of like mm. this this thing that you carry around but it was like, like for good luck almost like a, almost, like a rabbit's yeah. foot <laughs> and like we didn't like get into deep mm. conversations about it but that's kind of mm-hmm. what it seemed like just from our little interaction we had so that's mm. kind of is interesting that's that's kind of my my attitude towards it one one thing that we will get to in this series is the theories of the atonement because right now we're just starting off time about the cross and kind of what's the implications of it but really that's that's kind of the the staple title of it would you say like the 
atonement theories what did the cross accomplish what is it for what does it symbolize what is it well even atonement it's interesting that they're called atonement theories because atonement seems to have a very particular meaning to that word where something is happening like that goes back to the old testament uh where like the day of atonement yeah uh, and I did not even think about looking into that because now I'm just thinking about like this, this phrase atonement theories is so interesting because some of the atonement theories don't even actually relate to Old Testament atonement. They don't I'm, relate to Leviticus. Yeah, 16 yeah. or 17, I think, or 17, 18, I think okay. it is. But yeah. yeah, it doesn't really relate to it. I mean, there's one that's like called the scapegoat theory, which is the closest, right. I think, which I don't think... I actually fall into that camp. Uh, maybe partially I fall into that theory belief, mm-hmm. but not fully, but you're right. There's not like uh there's hints. I, I think there's hints in each theory that point to the day of atonement, but not mm. none sufficiently kind of encapsulated at all. I don't think. Okay. Okay. I'm well, playing my, I'm I showing mean... my cards right now. It's going to get <laughs> That's okay. a, little, a little ahead of myself. I mean, atonement in the old Testament had very much to do with the shedding of blood in mm-hmm. order to make retribution for the sins of the people, like for the sins of that mm-hmm. year. Wasn't that the day of atonement? Yeah. And then they had two goats. One, they would I'm slay. One, my, they would. Yeah. I'm showing my yeah, Old Testament they, ignorance here. Well, let's just keep going. One, one yeah, goat, yeah. they would slay. The other goat, they would put all the sins upon the people, cast out, send it out, signifying, symbolizing the sins are leaving the people. So that's mm-hmm. basically the day of atonement yeah it was basically it was basically a big refresh button is what it was that's what i've heard some scholars kind of call it as like basically reset the tabernacle reset everything Mm. to new for another year so i've heard that kind of phrase that it's just a big red i just think of a big red button reset you know yeah it kind of gets i like that because that's that's really what's going on at the cross yeah and the helpful way to think about it can't have the resurrection without the cross either but i mean those two events are signifying something grand new is taking place now. I mean, Jesus talked about that. This is the covenant of my blood, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Yeah, for sure. So if I can plug a question in here for you, that kind (laughs) of relates to this topic, but not really in your, your outline here, but uh, (laughs) so where do you think this thought of theories on how the atonement worked or what Hmm. does the cross signify? Where does it fit within the realm of like theology? Is this stuff that's like um, pinnacle to like like core to the belief? Is it like outer things? Mm. Is it you know? Is it um, denominational division worthy? Mm. Is it just a matter of opinion? Like where do you think it kind of lands on the spectrum of? I'm, I don't want to say the word importance, but the the spectrum of uh, division, I guess, is is maybe a, be- a better way mm. to put it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, where do you think these things fall? Is it just a matter of opinion and unity should be available no matter what you believe about the atonement? Or is this like cause for division? Um, I'm looking at the Nicene Creed. That's a good mm-hmm. question. He suffered in with Christ. Okay, this is what the Nicene Creed says. He was made man. He was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures. Okay, that's the Nicene Creed. I'm going to go and look at the Apostles' Creed. Um, he, su- again, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. 
So it's just uh, my, and my face point, no. right there just kind of made it seem like no, 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 no. theories are matters of opinion. But anyways, I'll let you kind of. Right. I wasn't trying and I wasn't trying to be arrogant by that. I'm, I was trying to be making a rhetorical point by, by doing that is uh, the creeds don't give us direction. Well, they kind of do. They do and they don't. <laughs> In that. Okay, here, here's the thing. Even I don't want to bring this particular three up too much because we're going to get into it into our next episode, which is substitutionary atonement. That's mm-hmm. like the pinnacle of evangelical theology. If you don't believe that, you're really not an evangelical, um, which Ooh. I'm going to hold to. Um, but anyways. Jeez. Okay. Um, <laughs> I guess I might not I might come out of this not evangelical anymore, I guess. Okay, there's the thing. That is a particular doctrine theory of the atonement where that is the defining marker of evangelicalism, a particular aspect of substitutionary atonement. There's a, Mm. there's a, there's a continuum of substitutionary atonement. You have penal substitutionary atonement, which is like the ultimate evangelical view, which people, you know, those we'll talk about that in the next episode. But my point is, there do, I don't think I don't think we can say oh if you don't believe this then you're wrong or you, you're not a Christian because the implicate this is this is a question I was going to ask you and now I'm going to answer the question that I didn't get to ask, ask you but you know why are we doing a series on a question like this why are we doing a series to answer this question can't we just do one episode because for many it's substitution like Christ died uh, in place of sinners, which is fleshed out much more. I think that's the most basic understanding of the cross. I don't think you can get away from that, that Christ died for sinners. But the cross is so multidimensional, like the events of the cross. They are incredibly multidimensional. And that's why there's atonement theories. So what do you mean by multidimensional? Like there's just many moving there's many things that you can draw out of it. Is that what you're trying to? Right. Because that's it's basically not what just what theories are, right? Right. Exactly. Right. There, there isn't just one thing that's occurring with the right. death and resurrection of Christ. Uh, there is so much packed into that one grand event. And it's not, it's not without merit. You see that in the Bible, like, okay. The other atonement theory that we're going to look at in a few episodes is Christus Victor, the Latin term for the victory of Christ. Well, you can't say that, well, in my opinion, substitutionary atonement is not pitted against Christus Victor. Like it's not, you can have one or the other. Uh, I, In my view, they work together quite beautifully. Really? Oh yeah, but we'll, we can get we can Ooh, get to that. We can nah, get to we're that. gonna have some disagreements in this series. I say, <laughs> just from my research, I think we're gonna have some disagreements. But that's okay. We can... okay. I'll get. I'll talk about this later. But I'll say for yep. now, N.T. Wright is a huge proponent of Christus Victor, and he has gotten a lot of flack from evangelicals for that. But I don't think he would ever say that substitution atonement is not biblical as well. He's, he, I think he frames a little bit differently, but N.T. Wright is so uh, grounded in the Old Testament. You look at Isaiah 53, that's very much a passage in favor of the, sub, the, the servant who is a substitute for sinners, or however you want to put that. 
Right. Okay. So what I mean by being multidimensional is that, like I said earlier, new creation like that, that's not really atonement theory. Actually, I do would like to do an episode on that uh, for what does the cross accomplish, because it's much more than just atonement theories there. And, and, uh, and the way that the, and the way that the sufferings of Christ uh, are very meaningful for the sufferings of people today. I know that I did an episode on that with Dan Esau, but really getting to the theology of how Christ's sufferings can be an encouragement or he enters in, you know, and that's what I mean. Like, it's just, it's not one, one dimensional where it's, this is the only thing that happened with the cross. Right. And I, yeah, you, you can, you can put a whole bunch of different, theories together and more things not just atonement theories but other right. things that's what you're saying is that correct right i don't understand you correctly okay because the cross the what happened on the cross was such a cosmic event at uh it transcends time isn't that amazing if you think about it okay i just preached a sermon on romans 6 last week where paul says do you not know that those who've been baptized with Christ have been baptized into his death? So what he's saying is that this is my paraphrase anyways. When we are baptized, when we, when we are regenerated by the Holy spirit, we are united with Christ in his death. So in a sense, we are, we, we are on the cross with him. But I said in my sermon, how do we, how do we crawl up that cross with him? Like we can't go back in time 2000 years. Yeah. I argue, and I'm not, I don't want to get caught up in this. So maybe I'll word it differently. The Holy spirit helps us. Ah, that's not a good word. He allows us, he does the work inside of us. He, he puts us on the cross in a mystical way where we die. Like he, he there's something in us that dies like that. The Holy spirit crucifies. I have been crucified with Christ, St. Paul says in Galatians. It is I who uh, no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So do you see what I'm saying is that uh, we, uh, we, we enter into that, like the, like the cross in this mysterious way through the Holy Spirit, because we can't go back in time 2,000 years. So I think that's an episode in and of itself is the cross accomplishes our death, not just... Uh, not just the death of Christ. Um, so that's what I mean, where it's it's much more multidimensional, where we are entering into something. And Jesus says, take up your cross. Hmm. Okay, please. Do you think it's okay. your turn to talk now, well, Drew? I was just going to say, there might be some, uh, I want to be careful how I work, because I don't want to offend it, but like, is that not, could you not be accused of over-spiritualizing some of those passages? Uh, like um, saying that you're, all the way back to the cross. Like, I'm not saying this is what I think. I'm just trying to think of like a rebuttal to your kind of thoughts there. Mm-hmm. Um, take up your cross and follow me. That's just dying to yourself today. That's not mm-hmm. going back and dying right, on the cross. Right. That's that's today. Put aside what you want for Christ, right? It's, it's right. In that kind of concept. So I just I just want to be careful not over spiritualizing texts. To, I mean, it's a risk, I guess. Um, well, let me, let me just say then with that Galatians verse where Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ, with Christ and I no longer live. But I mean, so, once again, you could over spiritualize that too. Is he, I mean, 
I guess you can basically make any text to what you want. But my point is, is I've been crucified with Christ. Was well, that literally? Is that spiritually? Is that actually? Am I still being crucified with Christ? Is oh, it? Yeah, yeah. Or okay. is this this figurative speech of I've been crucified with Christ in that? And when he heals, I'm I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live, I live right. by the Son of God who loves me. Right. So, it's it, is what he's trying to say more important than what he actually says. Do you know what I mean? Like, is it? Um, is he actually saying I was literally crucified with Christ through the Holy Spirit, or is it the matter of the life I live is dead? Is the death more important than being crucified with Christ? Right, Do you right, know what I'm saying? Right. So um, I, and, and like, I'm not right. saying one's right or wrong. I'm yeah, just yeah. just give well, me the opposite. Side this is that. something that we can talk about in a further episode. I think this would be a good one to talk about, actually. All right, let's drop it right here then. But, no d- more. but, no, but let me not. just no, let- no, no. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Sorry. I'll just I'll say this. The up. only point I was making. Always has to that... get the last word. Hey, just... no. <laughs> go ahead. Say oh. what you want to say. Oh. Um, the only point I was trying to make is that the cross transcends time. Yes. Okay. I, I concur. Well said. Um, <laughs> moving on from that, uh, one. One thing that I hope to achieve in going through all these theories is asking two pinnacle questions. I didn't talk to you about this at all, but just so you know, um, <laughs> I think they're important. Okay. In each theory that we talk about, and so just so our listeners know, there's about five to seven kind of main theories. We won't talk about mm-hmm. them all. Mm-hmm. They might, or maybe we will. They won't all be the same episode. Like you, we'll we'll figure something out so that it flows nicely, hopefully for your listeners, but. Um, two questions that I hope to answer is what is the obstacle that's trying to be overcome? Cause you'll find in all these theories that what is trying to be overcome by Jesus's death is different, whether it be order restored, whether it be just people need an example, whether it be a substitution needs to be made, whether it be um, God needs to be victorious, whatever it is. So what, what, what's the obstacle that has to be overcome? And then the second is, who wants Jesus to die? And it sounds like a very weird question, but I think it'll be interesting to kind of see through all the other ones. Mm. Who wants Jesus to die here? Is it, you know, is it Satan? Is it humanity? Mm. Is it the Father? God the Father? Is it Jesus? Like, who wants Jesus to mm. actually die? And I think, well, if by looking at those two questions, I kind of want to bring up in every episode, just kind of look at them and say, who... Who wants what here? And and I think that'll be interesting to kind of highlight those two questions to see what what is this theory actually saying? I think that ties good into the idea of combining some of these theories because I don't think anyone is sufficient on its own. I think they mm-hmm. lack a certain amount of mm-hmm. either... Um, they lack either characteristics of God or they lack... Um, the significance of the crucifixion or they lack some part of it. So I, I personally don't think one is sufficient. One of these atonement theories, I think you need to kind of combine a couple because mm-hmm. it's too complex to just say, Nope, this is it. There's no, I don't think there's a staple or a, a stamp. You should be like, yeah, this is how it works. There's no word for it. I don't think, I think there's a combination of, of these theories, which I hope mm-hmm. to explore in the next in the few episodes coming up here, which I'm excited mm-hmm. about. Yeah, that's a good. That's a really good way to of putting it. Exactly. Oh, what, what do you I think? Do you thinking. think? Do you think there is one? Like, can you just be like, "Yeah, this is what oh. Christus Victor 
check done or like do you think you need to incorporate more into your theology i mean ultimately these 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 titles are just helpful for us to to put something to it um but do you think your theology is based on one or do you use your theology based on multiple i don't think you can have a fully robust theology without incorporating elements from most from some of these theories um, because they're like I said before, there's so much happening on the cross. Mm-hmm. So for, let me, let, let me put it this way. I was listening to a podcast with N.T. Wright and uh, I talk about N.T. Wright too much. I know, but yeah, he's like just, you do. Yeah. Uh, he just, he's just so good. And um, he, somebody was asking him about evangelism and this person said, my, my, my friend doesn't think they're a sinner. So how can I evangelize this person who doesn't think they're a sinner? How do I convince them that they are? And that's uh, like a weird task. Yeah. Well, I, but I mean, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. When we when we wholeheartedly say when we say substitutionary atonement all the way, then all we see is Jesus died for sinners. So everybody needs to know they're sinners. And I agree with that. I'm not saying that's wrong. But I thought this was so, it was just so thought provoking. I don't know what to do with it. What he said was, well, don't convince him. Tell him that Jesus started something new. He started the, he, he, he began the new creation. And we get to be part of that where we're building this new society. We're building this new thing with, with Jesus as our king. And do you want to come be part of that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then and I, I think he said, or I would, or I would add, and then as this person, if this person comes in and says, yes, I want to be a part of that as they're going along, will they be convicted of their sin? Because N.T. Wright would not say, oh, no, don't, don't worry about the sin. Like, yeah, sin is, is, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's again, like God, God hates it. So hopefully as you're going along this process, it was just very thought provoking. That and sounds so, very much Christus Victor more than right, penal substitution. Exactly. Like, but that's the crux and, of that uh, kind of thought. But it it's just I like that though, because it's it's it you're getting a much more robust, multi-dimensional element here. Like if we're if we as Christians want to grow in understanding of the Lord, then we have to really push our, our boxes a little bit and say maybe there's more to this. And like I'll say in the next episode, I am so evangelical. I very much believe in substitutionary atonement. I'm going to be speaking at camp for two weeks, and uh, I Don't think indoctrinate I'm, people, Perry. I think I'm going to. Uh, I think I'm going to talk a lot about Jesus starting new creation to the cross because that's the theme. The theme at camp will be I'm under construction. Okay, well. How do you be under construction? Like, it's just, this is, this is the point I'm getting at is that you need somebody to pay for your sins. You need victory over sin so that you can now move forward in the path of new creation. Mm. But I'll give you the last word, Drew. Thanks. Thanks for the, it's my podcast too, you know. I know. (laughs) Thanks for giving me. I know it is. I definitely know it (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, and the new creation, that aspect, or God um, 
bringing forth this new beginning that that's so Christus Victor in its in, in that theory. And then we'll get into this later. So I don't know. I think you're more Christus Victor than <laughs> I think you like the idea of the other one. The other one's easier to understand, I think. But anyways, we can well... get into all these things later. Right? We can get into all these things later. So, <laughs> okay, right. I gave you the last word. Yeah, yeah, hold that thought yeah. there. Um, anything else you want to bring up before we end this episode? Just as the teaser to to the following ones. Anything else you want to say? Well, um, no. Well, maybe maybe can I give a list of some of the ones we're going to cover? Yes, absolutely. All right. So we've talked about the two that are kind of more prominent in evangelicalism, like Christus Victor, uh, penal substitution. And there's about, I've kind of seen five other ones, but a couple of them are okay. moral exemplar, mm-hmm. moral, or the moral example, I guess, uh, satisfaction theory, oh, yeah. the ransom okay. theory, uh, scapegoat theory. Those are kind of oh. some other ones that kind of been floating around. So we'll take a look at them. Um, I think there are parts of them that are very interesting and, worth considering so we'll probably take a look at those but um i definitely think people especially our listeners probably lean more towards christus victor penal substitution just because i think that's like Mm. you said it's kind of like the evangelical uh, mindset more so i think we actually believe the other ones too we just don't know what that they had a title ransom theory aside i don't think anyone believes in ransom theory anymore um well it's kind of controversial i think i i i don't know this very controversial second hand the second hand knowledge of ransom theory right. is that right. well don't that... spoil it yet <laughs> okay fine okay, no fine. go ahead go ahead go ahead well, i'll just gonna say the cole's notes is like satan is demanding a ransom for sin basically is what right. it is right exactly Which, just by that alone you can find lots of problems with satan demanding Right. ransom for sin it's like well, right how powerful is the satan right so anyways we can get we'll get well and later. it's and it's argued that c.s lewis believed that and you see a little bit of that in uh in narnia oh uh, but... i don't know i don't know about that either i think you see a lot okay. of this victor this, narnia. Is, this is we're, this is what we're talking <laughs> here, about though. this is you're what i'm getting at them. it's yeah. multi-dimensional <laughs> yeah you're you're totally well like for instance like chris is yeah never mind we can get into it later i don't want to spoil all of my metaphors for later but do you have anything else you want to say as introduction for this series? Because I'm really excited about it. Yeah. I'm excited to talk with these. Yeah. I know I'm going to disagree with you on a lot of them, okay. which is good. <laughs> um, but I hope it's beneficial. I, I think this is really mm. enriching, and mm. um, I think it's going to be very beneficial. And and so for our listeners, I, I do hope that you do enjoy these these episodes. Anything you want to add, Perry, before we close up this one? Was Jesus just a martyr for a religious slash political movement? Man, people like to say that that Jesus died a uh, a uh, political zealot, like he didn't die for anything. He just died as a or that's a uh, or that was part of it that he was that, uh, that he was revolting against the Romans, and that's why he got killed. I mean, that's kind of one of the theories, almost like maybe hmm. not revolting. A moral exemplar is probably the closest to that kind of train of thought, um, where it. The, the death didn't really accomplish anything like his, I don't know, it wasn't really necessary. That that's the problem I have with that kind of idea that Jesus dying from a, a zealot or just like to rebel. Yeah, yeah. It's like, then we didn't need that to reconcile with God. Right. We didn't need him to die then for the reconciliation. We could have done it without that. And that, I think that's the biggest problem with that kind of thinking is 
it wasn't necessary then. Right. Or what do you think? Like that, that's kind of my mindset of it. If, if he was, if it was just because he was a zealot or a, a, a rebel, is that the right word? Like rebel? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Then and I think that's, then it wasn't necessary. Yeah. 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 That, then it wasn't necessary for reconciliation and that didn't need right. to happen, which makes right. really weird that it happened then. Right. Like it's just kind of this weird. Right. There is a, um, it's interesting. There's this political commentator out in, in Toronto. He just recently became an Anglican priest and he's quite liberal. And he, I think he's done writing his book, but his, he's, he has a shtick talking about the rebel Christ. And I would be interested in reading this book to see what he says. But I think without knowing a lot of his theology, Michael Corden's theology, I think I know where he's going with it is that he doesn't, he doesn't want like this theology of, we don't want to acknowledge that Jesus' death was this like substitute for sinners because sin isn't an intrinsic thing that needs to be dealt with. Like it's more of a political thing that we can change about ourselves. So then Jesus's death is exactly what you're saying is like moral example that uh, like he was a rebel against the establishment. And I have a hard time with that. That's really, but we should, uh, yeah, that would be interesting to talk about. Uh, I'm, 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 I want to get his book. And uh, we'll it might, it. it might, well, I'm not sure if it's out yet and it might uh, boil my blood a little bit, but that's, uh, I have to get past that. And <laughs> what this podcast is about, right? <laughs> oh, that's uh, good. No, let's end it there then, Perry. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, thank you everybody for once again, tuning in. Uh, we're so happy to be back. Uh, it's been too long. I'm, I'm happy. I'm excited that Drew is excited. Um, that's, a, oh, that's yeah. always a good thing. I'm amped up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you want to uh, give us a, your thoughts on this, we would really love to hear what you have to think. What, you know, what does the, the cross accomplish? Let us know on our Facebook. You can leave comments on our website as well, uh, perrysiddons.com, uh, where you, you know, if you click on this link for this particular episode, you can leave us comments. Leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts, because we know that this is your favorite podcast, as Drew said at the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. And leave us a hint on Instagram too. Ooh. People have been hitting up the Instagram. We do look at that. We do appreciate it. We actually use an episode from it that one time. So yeah, give us episode ideas. Let us know what you think. And if you want to wait until we get into some of the other theories and let us know, great. Absolutely. And later, let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. For the mix of them. And until next week, keep pondering.